You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to the Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 282, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Muir, and joining me today, I have Brendan Fry. Hello there. And Jordan Biorti. It feels good to be back. I was gone for a long while, and now it's like I'm a regular member of this thing again. You guys are calling me again. You know what? When your schedule allows you to be part of this, it makes me a happy host. I feel like I've grown a lot. I've learned. I took a little hiatus. I learned how to be a better podcaster. I think I don't you say did. as much um, ridiculous I, I stuff sense maturity. anymore. I sense a maturity in your you can, voice you know, you can, that is beyond your years. It's deep in your eyes, you th- Jordan. You can thank my girlfriend for that. She's oh. super woke, and she's making me more a better person. That's, That's not good. even a joke. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's the people in our lives who shape our growth. True. Yeah, it help us improve. anyway. Uh I agree. I agree with that. Okay. Anyway, so let's get started. This week in games. Uh, so stuff that came out this week. We had the remake of Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. That's yeah, pretty. it's really pretty. So instead of a you know just updated remaster, they just took the original PS2 game, remade it so that it's uh, updated with uh, current gen graphics, yeah. and it 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 could easily set uh, stand against any game that's out right now in terms of. Uh, just beauty um, it's so good when they do that too like I, I you know um my only my only thing with like when because because they didn't yeah they didn't just like hd coat this thing like they actually rebuilt it from the ground up right yeah yeah see did. like my only thing was that like did they um you've been playing a little bit did they like improve the gameplay yeah, at all i'm gonna talk about that um okay i'm gonna talk a okay. little bit about That's, that yeah. later on when i kind of give you a little preview of what what to expect yeah. but um I think I think fans of the series are going to be really happy okay. with it. I think well, so. we'll, I think it makes a lot of sense we'll the way get into it is. That a little later. Um, yeah, we will. Um, so that one came yes. out. Uh, we also had Dissidia Dis- Final Fantasy NT got its release date. Got its release um, date, or, or it's actually oh. no. It got, sorry, got a really it got released this week. It came out a little bit earlier, and um, I never. I never uh, but again, I okay, dude. I love the Dissidia series. This is the one I had the hardest time with just because it, they 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 changed the gameplay so dramatically and it just became so like there's the mechanics became so clumsy. I haven't tried past uh alpha and beta so I I can't speak to this, but I know there's it's a common complaint around a lot of the reviews I've been taking a look at um that uh it it's it's a it's a great game. It's awesome for the fans. The cutscenes are beautiful. It's like really pretty, but the the playability is kind of it's it's not as not as uh, yeah, a fighter, it's, right? Because that that, that's that's what I was. It's a fighter. That, that's what I was going to say. Is that like it's <laughs> not like I never uh, had a thing like against Dissidia. It's more just like mm-hmm. I never owned a console that I was able to play it on, and it always seemed like a really cool concept to me, like a kind of a like a like a Budokai Tenkaichi style like three D fighter with Final Fantasy characters. Like, why wouldn't you oh, want that? I I played the crap out of uh, when it. F- like the, when the franchise first started, I played so much of that. Uh, I just loved it. And I, when I picked this one up, I just found the the point of entry was just for people who are not like I'm a huge fan of the series, but I'm not a great like I'm not great at fighter games. And it, I found the the point of entry was just so high. And 
overly complicated and it it was just it 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 was more frustrating than anything and i and i'm not i'm not i love hard for like hard for hard sake is great just because i can't do it doesn't mean somebody else can't learn it um but i felt this one was just a little there was the reaction time was a little weird and but again i haven't played the latest thing so i can't speak to that i'm just seeing a lot of commonalities in what people are reviewing um and you can actually check out we have a derek uh heemsbergen is uh, reviewing it right now for us and you can check out his preview uh from the beta well i've always and he he's shares a lot of the same concerns i share about See, that's the, the thing that's it's uh interesting that you mentioned that because i've always felt like um like the best fighters are easy mm-hmm. to get into but like difficult to master that's why i, I kind of think yeah. that like like um and i want to say specifically the, the the last smash bros that came out like is to mm-hmm. me like like where the bar is kind of set in terms of like a fighter because like it's yeah. like you know well, i love I-, I would love to to play something like um uh dragon ball fighter z where like like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a tough as nails like complex thing but like when you when you're playing a game um and i it, it was something actually I, i'm i'm bouncing oh. like a like a pinball right now yeah, you are, because I want to jump in on there. It's really great that you brought up Fighter Z because, like, it's really unfortunate that Dissidia came out at the same time mm-hmm. as Fighter Z because Fighter Z has such an easy fighters, point. Fighters, fighters, sorry, Fighters has such an easy point of entry for like non-competitive players and such a growth chain for competitive players. It's the reviews have been like yeah. off the charts well, for this thing, and I I love playing it myself. Like, I, like I said, I'm not really great at fighters so to be able to like enjoy a game with characters i like i was really hoping more from decidia like i love the 3d fighting like environment that you're playing it in and i'm gonna have to give it like i want to i want to give it, give a it an, another shot yeah not playing it for like a beta and actually sitting down with a, a few hours to devote to learning it and seeing if i can you know increase if that's gonna lose that frustration level yeah because i because i remember i remember when i when i played uh the the last um or like the most recent mortal Kombat for the first time and like instinctively you know i chose sub-zero because he's my favorite character and it it bothered me that like there was i I had such a hard time with the controls and when i actually like looked up the Mm -hmm. the combo list it's like there's there was no like basic just like three button like standard combo like every combo was like like a b x up down like left right like there was just like there was nothing that made it feel like it was easy to get into and that's a problem right like with with any fighter like you don't want to feel um well especially one with a franchise of like a a, such a like like beloved franchise of things like that too right like i I, i'm totally i'm i'm very much in for the for competitive players only like uh, this year uh saw the advent of absolver and i had a hard time with that game but i love that game for the sense that it owned what it was it's a beautiful game it's a great fighting style and it it had a very 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 steep learning curve which is totally fine by me i think that's great but when for a series like the final fantasy franchise like it's, it's, it's so it's got appeal, a huge right it's it yeah it does have to at least i'm i'm totally for if they had like uh like a different you know uh like again like easy to learn hard to master kind of thing i think that would have been a better approach but we'll we'll see what like i said i i i don't have the latest uh gameplay so mm-hmm. before i before i i need to qualify everything i'm saying right yeah. now 
So beyond like a bit of the beta. It makes me a little sad so. too because I've been playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts again recently. And like yeah. why – like there's so many Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts, but you don't see any Kingdom Hearts characters in Dissidia. Like I'd love to get a good story. Oh, I'm pretty there. sure – there's there's okay the, the one neat thing about this yeah dlc and there's there there is a season pass with characters coming out so there's like for the fans seeing the cutscenes and seeing the characters they are like i said this is a beautiful game so it's really cool to see something like like the original re, one of the reasons i picked the original decidia up was because i wanted to see characters that were you know just pixelated characters yeah. and now to see them in like full 3d rendering with the the quality of like animation that only square enix can oh, yeah. accomplish with that ridiculously uncanny valley and i can't tell if it's a person or i always not, wanted to pick thing. it up so me and my buddy could settle our age-old debate of who was better between cloud and sephiroth because i'm very much on the yeah. sephiroth train everyone calls him a crybaby uh, you know what he didn't run away into a church for three years after some girl he met died okay sephiroth i'm with you on that i don't know done, okay Oh, he found out. We, we could tune. We, you know, I, Jordan, you and I, and could probably devote an entire uh, podcast to Final Fantasy protagonists and why the and why the bad guy, why the uh, antagonists were way oh, better. Yeah, absolutely. But speaking of which, 15, 15's antagonist was not all that exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Uh, but that's mm, okay. That's for another <laughs> podcast. And speaking of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy twelve Zodiac Age uh, was released for PC um, just a, t- a day or two ago. That's cool. um, so. Yeah, and and uh, again, this is a this is one of the more controversial uh, in the series as uh, they completely changed the gameplay, um, and uh, th- well, didn't they th- actually make it good? Because I remember when Final Fantasy twelve started and it was rough. <laughs> yeah, so Zo- yeah, so Zodiac Age uh, in- took the um, uh, Japanese uh, job system. Yeah from the like that that was originally re- released on uh the PC version that came out in Japan just after uh Final Fantasy 12 came out um and um it, they brought it over they ported it over here they updated the graphics for HD um so it's not a remake it is it is just an HD skin but um I, if you really liked Final Fantasy 12 this is the one to play because it it does it clarifies a lot of like the the way the job system works and the way the mechanics work and things like that um and I really liked 12 when I played it. Um, a lot of people didn't like the, you know, how it automatically kind of played itself at first. But I, I, I once you get a hang of it, it's it's one of those games that you've got devote a few hours into it and you'll figure you'll find a way to like it kind of thing. And I did. Um, so I recommend this that for PC. We'll probably be having some footage of that coming out really soon so you can see the comparison is that really a point in its favor like i gotta to quote yahtzee on this you put your hand on a stove for 12 hours and yeah you'll probably stop feeling the pain but (laughs) (laughs) but see here this is the thing all right with with um with these long games i wouldn't want it to plateau within two hours if i'm gonna devote like 50 60 hours plus you know and then then some on top of doing all the extra things i don't want it to plateau and like capture me for like no but it's also like i want other aspects of the game to capture me and then grow with the game kind yeah. of thing like i want to have that com- devotion and commitment to it because that's like i'm i'm no already i'm gonna be playing like 40 50 hours just base game yeah, but alone, you want you right? want to play a game you want to be devoted to a game because the game like makes you feel devoted right i don't want to sit sit with a game for like six hours i think and the be story like, you know what it. maybe in another six hours i'll really be into this 
if I can be held by the story and the characters, I'm totally yeah. willing to do it. Like that, this was my argument for Final Fantasy 13. It doesn't get good until it, it doesn't get good until it hits hour 30. And, by that point, and you're I like, was, yeah. And to be honest, here. not all the characters were great, but there was parts about it I like that kept me engaged enough to be like, oh, well, now it's really great. Come on. So, who's, who's anyway, Mr. Popular moving over on. Here? <laughs> Get phone calls. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I don't know. Anyway. Because I yeah oh do you oh, I was gonna say because yeah, go I was gonna say like the, you know back when I when I started play because it's an MMO right so like you know yeah. back when I, what 12? uh yeah isn't twelve twelve the the MMO no twelve isn't the MMO that's fourteen oh I was thinking of a totally different game oh yeah. okay oh I can go on about fourteen oh, we should talk about that in okay. another podcast but fourteen all right is, never mind my uh, point's moot because yeah. uh, I I thought we were talking about the uh, the MMO for a second. No, 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 no. Final Fantasy twelve was the one um, where you're the Sky Pirate and the Money Girl. Okay, I didn't play twelve. If I say names, I know you're not going to remember this one. Because I, I, I could have. It started the Christ- Nova Crystallis. Oh, um, okay, I know. World. I know that won't I- now what you're talking about. But yeah. at first, I forgot because I could have swore that like after eleven that came out on, on PS two, twelve was the MMO. No, no, no. Eleven was the first MMO, and they uh, aren't supposed. Yeah, eleven was the first time. Oh, okay, MMO. yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, um, I got my games backwards. And then because twelve, that was twelve the, was the one. Twelve was the that one. came. Uh, that came. It came. The demo came with the uh, like Monster Hunter ten, and yes. I rented that just so I could get the demo. And I did not like what I played. I remember, that was the one that had yeah. that weird like semi active three D combat yeah, it was, that was a, like a programmed basically like a pro a programmed um battle. Yeah, system. it was like it was so like turn based, but itself. it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it played it played itself. Yeah. But um, okay. anyway, Zodiac Age refined all that so that it, it created a little more interaction and engagement kind of okay. thing with the job system. Gotcha. But anyway, <laughs> all right, moving right along. Last thing we have is another uh, port to a new console. A Night in the Woods uh, was released for Switch this week, uh, or not this? Uh, just a little, yeah. yeah, a little few this week. Yeah, this um, week. Yeah, this week. You're right. Yeah. It was this week. It was yesterday, I believe. It's got, all the, it's um, got the DLC on it too, I believe. Thursday. It, yeah, it has all the DLC, uh, including some of the uh, initial early uh, early option download, early buy yeah. um, DLC that came with it uh, that really don't relate to the story. But it still it plays really – it's a great game for Switch oh, yeah. because, again, it's that portability. Yeah. And it's really great to see all these third-party ports coming to Switch that you really want to be able to pick up and just go well, with. And so Night in the Woods is Switch, great. Like Nintendo oh, totally and Switch have, Switch have really been crushing it with the indies because like yeah, you know, you, when you when you kind of look at a Night in the Woods, you don't think it's the kind of game that's going to work on a portable console, but it really is like such a such a, um, like the it's got a, it's got a, uh, a small world that I think they make feel very big. Like, because in terms of, like, gameplay and how you actually explore, like, it's very, uh, like, small scale, just simple, like, 2D side-scrolling. But you they, they yeah. really immerse you in this world that, like, it's something that I felt a lot of games on the 3DS did really well. Like, that's one of the things I really liked about Yokai Watch is that, like, the world is relatively small when you break it down, but it just, it feels yeah. really big because it's, like, it kind of feels alive and there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm again more win. The Switch just keeps winning and oh, winning yeah. with the games that it's that are coming to it, and 
I may even turn to Nintendo, but don't and don't hold Nintendo me to that one. Nintendo is the is the is the choice, the dealer of choice right now. I know, I know, but I, I'm waiting for a few more things to come on, and, was, and then was, then I'll make my choice. I was reading an article too last night about like uh, so like people who got like uh, early demos with uh, the Nintendo Labo, which yeah. I actually understand now, because um, I, I was I, I read a little thing on Reddit, and apparently. It's supposed to be a short form of laboratory, but you know the way well, yeah. the way we pronounce it here in the North America is laboratory. But it's supposed to be a thing on the way it's printed. Laboratory. laboratory, exactly. How did I'm sorry? You just connected. I that. didn't know. I was like labo. What is oh that? <laughs> I just thought it was some weird world, like like amiibo. Like yeah. what is that? It's the lab. It's the laboratory. Yeah, but, you know, Nintendo comes up with weird worlds. Like what is amiibo? Like it's, okay, that that's, that's its own exactly. word. I don't know. It's <laughs> ami, as in my yeah, friend. What, yeah. Like oh, mon ami. Yeah. Like mon ami. Yeah. 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 But then where does the boat okay, come anyway. in? Her statue. <laughs> Because Nintendo, it's a lab. Oh, yeah, Nintendo. But I'm, I'm saying lab. for Amiibo. It's a lab. Nintendo, it's actually lab, Laboratory Nintendo squished but together. But I'm, I'm saying for Amiibo. Lab, like, Labto. It should have been Labto. I get, I get I the... Uh, Labtendo. I, Labtendo. There I, we go. See? Hire me, Nintendo. I become your new brand manager. I can create names for things. I get the, I get the right. Ami part, but then where does the bow fit into the whole little statue things? That's all I'm saying. Whatever. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I mean. They just they just throw the. the, the... I'm all, hey no 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 I'm 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 pushing to work for new branding for Nintendo Labo. You can take over Amiibo. I I'm not breaking that they one just, down for you. I they got just nothing. throw bow onto things and just call it a day. Just just maybe they they're gonna release think everything's new, beautiful and they want to spell they're it. They're gonna wrong. release a new Get console bow? like like bow? the Nintendo Switch bow. <laughs> <laughs> okay we need to move Let's on do it. G- game news okay so there was a few things that happened this week red dead redemption 2 finally got their release yeah. date october 26 2018 is when it's coming out it's a little later than everyone expected but i don't care i'm so excited you know, considering they announced this like what like a year and a half ago it, like that that seems very fast like i wouldn't be i wouldn't be angry if that if that game had a like 2019 well, release Okay, so originally it was supposed to come out in fall of this year, and it just got, uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, so it got pushed, uh, it, fall of last year, and then it got pushed back, because uh, according to Rockstar Games, they want to provide the best experience possible for the yeah, fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they also, in the statement when they announced the date, they also want to apologize uh, to everyone for the delay, and they sincerely thank, uh, and I quote, sincerely thank... Um, Thank you for your patience and hope when you get to play the game, you'll agree that it'll be worth the wait. You know, that that, so, that bothers me a little and, bit. Like, I really hate when uh, game companies, like game developers, feel that they need to apologize for delays. I agree like, with you. It's like, don't apologize yeah, not, for making the best product you can. Like, just make no, it. No, no, no. You should apologize when you release it and with, like... a release a broken game i'm really happy to see developers that take their time if you gotta delay the game delay the game if it's not going to be up to like high quality standards and you don't release it i am fine with you delaying it like as as a consumer i am not entitled to this product yeah and i do not want something rushed and garbage by the time exactly and when you release a broken game and you apologize for it like that apology means nothing to me it's like you knowingly release this because you had to meet some deadline to appease your like investors like those aren't the people you should you should be trying to please right now it's your it's the Mm -hmm. gamers who are going to purchase your product 
I, I yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, there is something business to it. You do have to apologize to investors when you set one date, and I yeah. think that's another that's thing. That is really important. And maybe you can talk towards this, Brendan. But I'm thinking in in terms of like for, from a business standpoint, I, I understand having to um, predict uh, a, a, like a timeline for a game to release. But I think because of certain standards set by the industry and certain timelines already kind of set as president in this industry, it makes it very difficult for many companies to create a realistic timeline. I mean, like they want to make sure that every quarter they have something coming out. Yeah, exactly. Or they have at least something making them money. Mm-hmm. But Rockstar has the liberty that the fact that Grand Theft Auto Online is still doing oh, well for them. crazy well. They have, a bit of, they, mm-hmm. they have a little bit of flexibility to kind of push a game to make sure it meets its standards and also possibly add online to that game to make them even oh, more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they'll probably do it. I'm super excited for it. Well, Red, Dead, Red Dead 1 had online and it was basically GTA Online but with horses. But it did. It was more of a local multiplayer. I think it was five people at once, whereas GTA Online is... Kind of a weird MMO type oh, yeah. situation. I don't. I, it's it's a much different. I can't thing. remember. I just. I always remember just getting like stuck in a town, and it was like just people there, just like picking you off, and it was like a like very dangerous high noon situation. Well, I th- it was kind of a prerequisite or a precursor to GTA Online, where mm. it was fi- like you get to do different like, quests and stuff like that, but it didn't have that prog- online progression where you had uh, yeah a central area you can go yeah. back to where GTA Online is so I, I almost an MMO. Oh my god. Based on based on what they're doing with GTA Online. Like I I didn't touch the online for the original Red Dead and I will based on what they've been how they've been supporting and what they've been pumping into the GTA Online um aspect of the game like the the whole game itself is i know that if they decide to do that with red dead mm-hmm. it'll be oh good god can you yeah. there'll be a lot can to you do imagine if they put heists in there and it's like you gotta like rob banks i mean you do that in uh wishful thinking <laughs> I mean, like you know what i'm talking about like rob banks old west style or rob a train mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's, it's exciting. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so moving on. Um, more great games. So Monster Hunter f- uh, ships 5 million copies within its first three that days. Is... Un- no well, surprise we to anyone. Ma- we should mention the fact that that is shipped and that's not self-through. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that means that people. there's a lot of people that are expecting that game to do well. So there's probably a lot of stores that have stocked up, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's hard to say what the exact sell-through of that is. Because it still is. Yeah, early. we won't see those numbers probably what, for another, like another week or so. I yeah. think so. I usually, um, so yeah, usually we'll see that within the first month of the mm-hmm. report. Yeah. So uh, that should be that'll be an interesting number to see. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's beat it, it beat its record in uh, uh that was set it uh with uh Monster Hunter Generations, which sold 1.5 million copies within the first two days of release. Well, I mean, like, look, so that's kind of neat. They've made a finally made a game in the Monster Hunter franchise that is not just targeted at the Asian market, but is actually targeted at a worldwide market yeah. mm-hmm. and actually done properly. And that's, Whereas the previous have been kind of, hey, it's kind of for the worldwide market, but mainly it's for Japan. Whereas this one, they really have pushed to actually make it so it feels for new and old players, they can jump in and actually enjoy themselves. And, that, and that's yeah. the thing too is that like it's uh, like because I know I know that Monster Hunter has a really huge like fan base uh, in Japan or like like the Asian market specifically, but it's like I feel like um, like Capcom does kind of overlook the fact that it does have a massive 
like market or like a massive audience for Monster Hunter in the North, in like the North American areas and European markets. Yeah, because like it's a really well made, fun game to play. Like I was actually like I remember um, I was trying to get Quinn into it. I was trying to tell him to just like try it out on 3ds, and then he messages me the other day like, "Yeah, I picked up Monster Hunter World. You were right. Like it's amazing." Um, yeah. So like it's. It converted me. I haven't played any Monster Hunter oh, series. Oh, God. And I, yeah, just, just playing the beta with uh, Cole Watson, one of our writers, um, was yeah, awesome. It, and I plays, I haven't had a chance to sit down it, yet, which really kind of sucks because mm-hmm. I really want to go back and play it, it now. It but. plays so much like what I like. What, like mm-hmm. what ultimate played like and i think people saying too like it's a lot like generations too so it's like it's not like it's mm-hmm. any different from the things that existed on 3ds and have been around for a while like so it's but it just it just got such a, a wider appeal and just sort of like a, a very like a a lower uh barrier of entry and it's great i hope i really hope it does uh as well as it as it deserves to do because like maybe we'll see more uh, Monster Hunter games in North America. Maybe Capcom will bring Monster Hunter uh, Double Cross to Switch in North America. Wink, wink. <laughs> if any Capcom <laughs> reps are Cap- listening. Do you hear that, Capcom? <laughs> bring it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, on to a little bit of sad news. Uh, Paragon shut down uh, fi- their servers this yeah. year. So th- we're talking about the game um, Paragon and not the company yeah. Paragon. Is there but- a company called Paragon? Yeah, there is a company. There's a, develop- a publisher called Paragon. Sure. Either way. No, it's the uh, big uh, MMO released by yeah. Epic that looked really pretty mm-hmm. that uh, apparently just never got the numbers they were looking for. Uh, they uh, apparently in a statement, they have said... Um, After careful consideration and many difficult internal debates, we feel there isn't a clear path for us to grow Paragon into a MOBA that retains enough players to be sustainable. We didn't execute well enough to deliver on the promise of Paragon. We have failed you. Despite the team's incredible hard work, and we're sorry, is what Epix has said in a statement that is kind of explaining what uh, they're viewing Paragon as. It's hard to compete in the MOBA space. I mean, everyone wanted to have a MOBA for a while yeah. everyone wanted to have that next league of legends or uh next dota but th- the fact is there's already kind of dota and league of legends and although paragon was exciting it it didn't really ever feel unique enough to really stand out they did they've been updating that game consistently uh, mm-hmm. almost it's a like, few weeks ago that's yeah and that's the sad part right it only came out what uh maybe a year, year ago a year and a bit yeah. ago and the fact that they they put so much support into it yeah. Um, and they, they've tried, they tried their best, but you're right. It is a very difficult space to make your way into because the, the fans of that particular players in that particular space already have their favorites. Mm-hmm. And unless it's something that is, has something very distinct and very unique, uh, it's very unlikely that people are going to gravitate towards a new game that they've already, whereas they've already sunk hundreds and hundreds of hours devoting and improving their gameplay yeah. in that one particular space. I so. mean, that being said, I think Epic could have done numerous things that would have allowed it to actually dominate that space. Mm-hmm. We have to remember Tencent is also one of the main holders of Epic, but also the people that riot. Yeah. So they're competing against themselves anyways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's any... Uh, people inside Tencent that really want to put a lot of money fighting their own games. They'd rather put their money into just having Unreal as an engine and kind of pushing that, which would make sense. And that makes economic sense more than it does just putting all money into a game that's fighting against another game that's already massive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yeah. I, I think so, it says something that like, 
I am kind of just hearing about Paragon for the first time. Because when I saw that, like, in the news feed, I was like, wait a minute, Paragon the studio? <laughs> yeah, no. No, it is. Yeah, that's why I thought look, that, too. <laughs> the game looked really good. It yeah. had a great concept it was never very fun to jump into and play yeah it was i i'm hmm, i i I, again i only remember the early access of that game i never and that kind of it was just it's not my style so Mm. i played a a little bit of it and uh i could see it was fun but again it's it doesn't it was missing that secret sauce i think i agree like league of legends has all those characters and it's it's easy like you you can go for the co- uh, like the the very like cartoony like mm-hmm. love of like the characters and things like that where and Dota that's just been it, it's it's got its own kind of draw to it own in terms flavor, of yeah. yeah it's it's got such a, a flavor that is very distinct to that particular crowd and whereas Paragon didn't quite find something unique enough from either of them no and unfortunately it's too bad. yeah it's it really too, bad. Is too bad. I mean, it was pretty in its own right. Um, it was fun. It was fun to play in its own right, but again, it was just sort of like, was, I understand. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, Nintendo announces the Switch Online, yes. uh, which is just a. We'll, we'll just touch on this really quick while we're talking about this, which is basically a. It's going to be their um, online service. An app, yeah, their online yeah, service sure. and as an app and. No, this is the one that's going to be like the paid service. Yeah, this is the paid service that has a. Uh, uh, it's going to be like that controls parental. I, I think I just clicked on the wrong thing here. I, I wanted to I look at, but it's in terms of uh, parental controls and uh, things like that. Hold on, I can get some more. Well, it's going to be it's for the most part. It's like for the most part, not prepared. It's going to be like their like their PlayStation Plus or their like Xbox Live. It's, yeah. it's going to be what lets you play things online. As well mm-hmm. as like have access to um, like the Nintendo Vault and probably the Virtual Console and all that extra stuff, but it really hasn't explained how the Nintendo Vault's going to work. Well, yet. From what, yeah, they haven't released a lot of details. From on that. what I'm aware of, based on like the initial pitch and then the like the backlash and what Reggie kind of said about it, is that it's actually going to be um, like an uh, like a legit vault of games so at first it was going to be like a rental service like every month you got you know a different game and then at the end of the month that game went away and then supposedly they're Mm. changing that so it's like every month or whatever um they're gonna act like they're gonna add games to the vault that you can play like for free um and you're gonna have access to that vault um but like once you take it offline then you can't access the vault anymore but then i think that's that's supposed to exist um in conjunction with the virtual console where you will actually like be able to buy like you know Mario 3 and have it on your console at all times. Well there's uh also um coming in, in September. They've got their classic game selection as well. Yeah. That'll be part of the online that's service the which vault. is kind of neat. Yeah, that's going to vault and but they haven't uh, right now they actually haven't committed to the vault. They right now the current name they're going in yeah. is, is classic game collection but, you know as as, as a concept is, it is a vault yeah it's their vault um and yeah exactly as you're saying so uh the first game that it's going to be compatible with is going to be splatoon yep. 2 uh that makes that makes oh, yeah. sense yeah it makes a lot of sense so that works and like, um and uh, yeah and so we'll see yeah, probably Mario Kart. Basically, any of the local uh, anything any that's the, online. It's gonna have like any kind yeah, of online, online game, tournament stuff. Uh, speaking of online and uh, okay, whatever. I can't segue into that this one. Bad. Anyway, that was, that, was Kart, that was great. That was great. That's why they pay me the big bucks. They don't pay me any bucks. Okay, the Mario Kart mobile. Game. Huh? <laughs> it's all the same. I kid. They came in. 
Anyway, Mario Kart yes, mobile game. They announced a Mario Kart <laughs> mobile Kart. title. That is Yeah, so and this is fresh off the heels of uh uh Mitomo being shut down in May. So uh we're gonna be getting some Mario Kart madness coming to mobile. I don't know why this is not opening up for me. Anyway, um so yeah, it's called gonna be called Mario Tart Kart. Mario Tour. Tart. <laughs> Mario Tart. Oh my gosh, guys! You are having a hard guys. time with words today, Liz. Today, today is a, I'll be honest, it's a though, Friday. I would love a Mario Tart right now. Oh, that would be delicious! So a strawberry yeah. Mario Tart, lemon meringue Mario. So that Tart. would be like the that would be like the the Bowser or the Koopa. Key the lime would key lime Koopa. would obviously be Luigi. Yeah. Um, okay. So pumpkin. No, pumpkin would be Bowser. You think pumpkin really? Yeah, yeah, pumpkin would be Bowser. And then Peach Cobbler, uh, obviously. Peach Cobbler is obviously, yeah, obviously. Peach. Uh, Lemon Rang oh, is obviously Daisy. Daisy. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, Mario Kart Tour. Um, so they're hoping to release it between now. This is a lovely release date timeline between March 2018 and March 2019. So within a year. Within a year. a year. That's good. However, uh, the uh, Nintendo has said that the finish line is near, so hopefully it'll be sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah, um, what's the speculation? Do we think it's going to be like a like a free to play with microtransactions? Or is it- it'll probably it's going to be a free to play with every one of Nintendo's games has been a free to play. Well, yeah, Mario mean, Kart or Mario, Mario Run Kart, wasn't. Mario no, Run no, is- it was still free to play because you got it for free. You had one or two levels for free, and then you could choose in app to buy. Yeah, but that's the rest that's yeah. purchasing and then the whole Emblem- game, right? That's not like well, you could do numerous. No, no, because you could do like little challenges and little. Um, there were th- free things you could do in the game and never pay for the game if you well, wanted you could, to. Well, you could access the uh, you could access the um, the Mario like the online multiplayer thing, but you couldn't get like more than like the red toads, right? Which you need to actually like build stuff. So they gave you like yeah. it was a taste. They gave you a free. It was um, not not free to play, free to start. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but Fire Emblem Heroes was free to play, and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is also free to play. But Fire Emblem Heroes, I got bored of really quick. Oh yeah, and that's I think that's what Nintendo said too. At one point, they were kind of like they they they. It was something like like they found that um they it worked better for them to have like a game like Mario Run that was like a full complete game that had a base mm-hmm. price as opposed to like making something that was free that had kind of like this like insistence on um like small one like you know uh micro payments right but to be fair yeah. Jordan uh, Mario Run didn't sell very well for No Mario because Run. but that's not that I wouldn't say that's Nintendo's fault that's you know fans demand or get, quote unquote gamers who demand that everything on mobile be free but then they want to turn around and complain that there's microtransactions in it so you can't please anyone <laughs> Uh there is hmm, Yeah no I'm I'm with you on that you know what I was going to argue it but I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, you on that one You see I mean, how something like Mario Kart You, you got to make some that's money right. <laughs> It's a business. You, it's a business. This is a product. We are consumers. We have to pay. My something. point exactly, and it's like you can you can yeah. very easily see how like something like Mario Kart could be very cynical as like a as a free to play game. It's like oh here's mm-hmm. here's Mario Luigi Peach. You want all these extra I characters? Mean, That's a dollar. If they're smart, <laughs> if they're smart, they're gonna do. They're gonna follow the same kind of uh, way that they when they released um, Pocket Camp. Pocket Camp because that was a masterclass on how to do free to play well oh yeah because you didn't you never felt like you had to buy stuff it was you wanted to yeah you wanted to because you're like oh i like this game i want to keep going i will i will definitely buy that was that was exactly it like i 
What are they called? Uh, Bucks? Leaf tickets. Spells? Spells. No, leaf yeah. tickets. Leaf That's t- like I, yeah, too many, I willingly purchase i think it, i it, either the five dollar or the ten dollar like leaf ticket pack because i was like you know what like this game was so well put together like i feel like nintendo has earned my ten dollars here yeah so that's what i mean so like anyway. yeah I, hopefully they go that way but like i wouldn't be one of those guys i don't know i don't i don't like that i think that if if they did make something like mario kart which is like it, there's a lot of there's a lot more depth to it than I think people like uh, fully realize. So to make something that's going to be like a, a high quality and that's and that's the problem too is that it's got the Mario Kart name. So naturally, gamers are going to be demanding this very high bar of quality, and it's just something I I don't feel you can you can a hundred percent meet if you make it free to play. If you make it a game that's going to be like okay, it's a ten dollar game, you know, boohoo, mobile is a is a is a viable platform you wouldn't be complaining well, I mean, like, Jordan, yes. we say that now but we don't know how the game plays it could be like a temple run style game where you're riding around a mario kart who well, knows there's a lot yeah. of racing games on mobile already right like they're, 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 they're and they're not very good yeah, they get they're the job done. very good well yeah, we'll see would i pay ten dollars rather than buying a 3d uh like a 3ds and buying one of the mario karts on 3ds i'd rather do the 3ds no but that's my there's more controls that's my point is that those games are kind of like cynical like just you know bog standard racing mobile right like this is mario kart we're talking about like we're gonna but, but it was mitomo it was nintendo doesn't not everything nintendo makes is great that's not 100%. like uh, fire emblem fire emblem heroes was bad it was okay it, it, did you play it for more than five hours? Uh, no. <laughs> there you but, go. My point is, <laughs> Nintendo, it has the chance to make a good game, but it's remember, it's not made, most of those games aren't made fully internally. They're made by DENA. Yeah, that's true. And DENA has a very specific way of making games. They're using Nintendo properties, but they're made by a studio or a company that is very good at making people want to spend money on games. And as such, it's hard to say how... Mario Kart's going to work. It could be you want to do the advanced races, or you want to get the really expensive cars. Or you want to pay to win. Who knows? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm in. The, I'm hoping it doesn't go that way because that would just be a real shame. Because that, that there's, there's no faster way to just ruin something like, uh, and especially something that's bearing the, the Mario Kart name than to like make it like a cynical, well, like cash grabby product. Jo- like that. Jordan. Fire Emblem Heroes. Fire Emblem was a very like prominent title for Yeah, um, exactly. And, you know. and they, that game destroyed any good faith. That game is not great. No, it's, that game is it's bad. not. And, and th- 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 that's exactly what I mean, right? Like that's that's my point is that like you take you take something like that, you're you're just going to you're just going to you're going to piss everyone off. Like don't do that to Mario Kart as well. Like you know, I mean, that being said, yeah, I'll still well, get Fire Emblem is, when it comes. To it. You know what? I, I I think in terms of the property and like you bring up a good point in terms of the property and its reputation, they would be very smart n- to be very careful about what they're going to release for this kind exactly. of game because it's a, in a very easily because of what how basically because of just what's been going on with the game to begin with, like and, and how people expect a certain way of this game being played. Yeah, they've got to be careful. And I mean, and maybe so- I'm just being like uh, just I guess too I say, naively open-minded like i i don't feel like it's going to be any anything more complicated than just like your standard mario kart here's a couple cups you know just go through some levels like it's i feel like it's it's going to be basic in that sense 
Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be obviously be a stripped down version of it. So, yeah. but anyway, we will see between March 8, 2018 and March 2019, somewhere in there. Yes. Um, and last piece of news that we're going to talk about today is Sony uh, announced their new management structure. So, um, uh, hold on a second. I have to scroll through for names for one sec. Uh, Yoshida? So, um, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Kazuo Harai has stepped down from president and CEO of Sony, uh, of a uh, position he held. Kazurai. Kazurai, sorry. Kazurai. Kazurai. Kazuo, no. Kazurai. Harai. No, that's the new one. N- no. Okay, can we pause this for a second before? So I we can't can... actually pause. Okay, There's well, no just clap. Clap when we get. There we go. Okay, hold on a second, guys. Oh, Kazuo Harai was the president and CEO since April 2012. This is from Sony. Kazurai, or Kanichiro Yoshida is going to be the president. It's Kazurai is how you say it, though. Where's, where do you see Kazurai? This is like, this is right from there, like the actual Sony thing. This is not somebody's thing. Oh, people just say it, Kazurai. Kazurai. Kazurai, because his name is... Kazuo Harai. Kazuo Harai. I'm saying his name properly. (laughs) Everyone jumped off a bridge, would you do it too, Brendan? (laughs) Ready? We're talking about people stepping down. All right, and finally, last piece of news: Sony has announced their new management structure. So, um, Kazuo Harai, or as people call him, Kazurai, uh, he is stepping down as president and CEO, uh, a position he held for six years, and he is being replaced by Kenichiro Yoshida, uh, who was previously the um, representative CEO and executive deputy president of the and chief financial and CFO uh, of Sony. Uh, uh, of Sony <laughs> and uh, the position will take effect April 1st uh, 2018 um, of course they're uh, they were uh, ca- uh, uh, har- Harai now, see now you guys got me all self-conscious hey, I'm not saying nothing here. <laughs> anyway so um, he was excited to see someone else take uh, take the place Um he was happy with the uh, things that he's done in the company. Um, just to paraphrase. Yeah, why? What do you want me to say? I don't know. You guys aren't jumping in. <laughs> kind of boring. <laughs> reading the story, I can't. Why can't you read the story? I can't jump anything out of this thing or it makes the uh, recording go bad. No. Oh, but on your phone. You're on fucking Twitter. You can't pick it up on, on your phone. News. We're done news. This is the, like, I wanted to see if I could find anything more about the Sony thing. It's, it's literally on his It's site. a little dry. I'll I don't honest. have that link. I, it is. We'll just say uh, just just say he stepped down and he stepped been, down. He's been replaced. That's all you have to say. Yeah, you don't need to be pre quotes or anything. I'd say just yeah. do that. It's a little dry. It's not Nintendo. I'm sorry. Well, at least Nintendo news like is interesting. <laughs> only because you're the only one talking about it. Brendan's on his phone half the time. I'm looking at news. <laughs> anyway, I don't know who this guy oh, is. I can't open up anything. Or why this is good. Is this okay? Good so they announced. He talked about. He talked about it and mentioned it a bit at like. Um, like he he this this was not a surprise. This was something that Sony had been talking about for a bit, and I know there's a reason for him to st- step down. So one second, uh... 
I'm sorry, Lisa. This is like this is like you on movie news. I got nothing to contribute to this. Did you read what I the links I sent yeah. you? I sent you. But it's like it's like I don't know. Good. Like <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to say? Who is this guy? Why should I give a shit? Because he was the one that uh, was in, with Sony approving all the shit for like six years. Did was he the one who gave uh, um? kojima his own studio with, yes he was with, um, he's the one that told he's the one that told during um uh, psx he's the one that sat down with uh kojima. so harai harai was the one who sat down with kojima and talked about their drinking stories okay that's this guy okay. that's who this guy is so uh kazuo harai who's formerly led the playstation business has to step down that's basically the big thing of it yeah yeah He's he led the business for six years and he stepped down. Yeah. That is what I've been saying. I agree. It's it's, it's big because also the fact that he has been kind of the the, the um, advocate for the PlayStation brand for a while. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's go with it. Okay. Ready? I know that I told you. I mean, nobody ever listens to me because you guys all like Nintendo. Yeah. And shit. I don't care about Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Ready? You don't like anything. Okay. Anyway. All right, last piece of news. We have Sony announcing their new management structure. So uh, Kazuo Harai, who was currently the president and CEO of Sony and a big proponent and representative of their brand for the past six years. Um, and most notable for the PlayStation division because that's yeah. what he was heading up for a long while. Exactly. Um, he's now stepping down. It was This is not really a surprise. I believe he alluded to it. Um, during PlayStation Experience this year. And according to Variety, um, Horizon's decision to step down has a lot to do with him being worn down from a hard travel schedule and maintaining his, uh, that he's had to maintain for the past six years as the CEO. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, was very, he was a very, very hands-on president and CEO. He pr- appeared at um, pretty much every single PlayStation conference that was uh, presented. And cl- mm-hmm. I believe he's actually done E3 as well. He's, he has he's been E3. some E3s, yeah. He's done some E3s. He, he does every PlayStation experience. Um, he, he's a very, very prominent figure of the whole thing. So he's stepping down. To spend uh, time with family. To spend time with family. And he's going to be replaced with um, Kenichiro Yoshida, who was previously the, uh, currently the director and representative of the, uh, representative CEO among other positions that he held at Sony. Okay. Um, and that's going to take effect April 1st. So that's cool. gonna, I mean, interesting change. It's in good structure. to see Kaz taking some yeah. time away. Maybe it's- He's worked really hard. He's gotten the PlayStation brand to be kind of the prominent gaming brand once again, where it kind of had fallen on hard times at the PS3 time. So, you know, mm-hmm. good on him. Yeah. I wish him the best. And I'm I, sure everyone, everyone gaming wishes him the best as he takes a step back for a while he will be missed but what if he's not stepping he, down what if it's like he it's because it's, it's april 1st right what if he pulls a big well, psych on he's us not, okay so <laughs> gotcha. here's the thing he's not he will become uh he's actually not stepping down completely all right so he uh will become the director chairman okay. effective april 1st That's, so he's not out of the picture entirely he'll be he'll yeah. be used for like he'll, consulting and things like that. exactly and he'll be back probably be back at the next psx talking with kojima more seeing another trailer oh, of death stranding are. and we're gonna hear more of their drinking stories which was fantastic probably my favorite experience psx i only year. care about the kojima and, norman Reedus, and guillermo del toro bromance those guys i oh my they're all best friends <laughs> it's romantic <That's> amazing <laughs> and i Maybe love we'll it see. i love this i love this industry Hideo kojima sort of in like the next uh Guillermo del Toro movie. I would love that. 
Just have him just have him just have him be there. I don't even care if he does anything. Just have him be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I wonder if Del Toro will jump on to Death, Death, Death Stranding. Uh, I want a Death Stranding movie. Screw the game. Well he's I mean he's in the game. He is a character. You know who we'll get? We'll get we'll, he uh, we'll get Kojima and Guillermo del Toro. And Norman Reedus, and then we'll have Akira Yamaoka, who will do the music, and he'll bring on, um, like who who's the 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 band that did the that really crazy, gross movie. Like, oh, 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 you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, I love how you knew what I'm talking about based on three things. But Kuzo, yeah, Kuzo, Kuzo. Want to see that? Because that would be amazing. I don't think we need that. And that's a great segue for a break, guys. So let's take a moment to hear from our sponsors. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Pass. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG, all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. And we're back with the illustrious Phil Brown. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Yay! I know you've been super busy, so it's really awesome that you were able to... I have, yes. I'm in the middle of moving, which is always a disaster. And this oh. move is no exception. Uh, is it? Is it a little bit good? I don't I mean, know. Really At least looking, you're going to... I mean, I'm really looking forward to being in my new place, definitely. Yeah. 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 So it'll be worth it in the end. Yes, it will. And and this too will pass. Mm-hmm. And you'll throw a lot of stuff out and lose a lot of stuff and get a lot of cool things that you didn't know you had. That's the, that's the moving... process I'm in right now. Yes. <laughs> All right. So why don't you get started with some of the amazing news that you have for us today? What, what I, we start well, I with? do. I've got some uh, little quick highlight reel of movie news for this week. The first one, this isn't really within the genre we normally talk about, but I know it's something that you guys will pro- respond to if you haven't heard about it already, which is that okay. uh, Tom Hanks has signed on to play Mr. Rogers in a movie about Mr. Rogers. Oh my gosh, yes, I saw about that this week. Mm-hmm. That's kind of exciting. It's just pretty well perfect. I can't imagine. Like that, that's, you know, there, there aren't many roles that Tom Hanks was born to play, but this is definitely mm-hmm. one of them. Oh yeah, he, if anyone can pull it off, it's got to be him. I've already seen a picture of him in a cardigan. I buy it completely. Yeah. yeah, he does. He he actually in his old age actually does look like a young Mister Rogers. So it's kind of he's interesting getting there for that. sure. It's really just a slight change in voice, and everything else will yeah. fall into place. So exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Now, um, in order to make it a dramatic movie, hopefully there will be no dark secrets revealed about Mister Rogers. I would hate to have him ruined for me. However, I do oh, actually God. know one really weird fact about Mister Rogers that not a lot of people know, which is that. Okay. Um, Back when he was in uh, Pittsburgh before he made his first film, uh, George Romero used to direct episodes of Mr. Rogers. That's really? Amazing. Yeah. When he was making industrial films, he shot a couple segments for Mr. Rogers and then went on to do Night of the Living Dead. 
So. Oh my gosh! I actually remember that because you used that in uh, your George Romero oh, that's uh, right. look back I on the site. That. So that's where right. I learned it the first that's time. Right. I did talk about that back then. Too funny. So, Too funny. So yeah, hopefully great. they cast a young uh, Seth, uh, Seth Rogen as a young uh, George Romero. Uh, that would be <laughs> work just fine for me. All right. <laughs> Next up, this is a really weird one. Um, so uh, they just announced that uh, Cloverfield Four recently finished shooting it's apparently okay. set in world war ii and it's about paratroopers who find a supernatural secret in a nazi village which sounds all fine and well and good and everything sure. the reason why i'm confused about this is that cloverfield 3 aka the god particle still doesn't have a release date nor a trailer yet cloverfield 4 is now complete so i have no idea what's going on there the last i heard about cloverfield 3 was that paramount was actually talking about selling it to netflix so Oh, okay. I don't know what's going oh, on there. Why? I don't so, know. Not- it was supposed to come out last year, but then I guess there was yeah. that. Um, God, I can't even remember the title of it now. But there was that Jake Gyllenhaal movie where they were all on a spaceship and an evil black goo. Oh, right. Uh, that was, kill life. was it Life? Yes, Life. That life? Yeah. So that after I, I, my there was something about because this one also takes place on a spaceship and is also about some sort of discovery. There was some sort of concern that those two movies overlap too much, so that they pulled Cloverfield three from the release schedule. But yeah, then there's been no news since. And as I said, <clears throat> excuse me. As recently as a couple weeks ago, the rumor was they were selling it to Netflix. <coughs> and now, <coughs> God, I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. And, Do you want to? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm back. You good? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, and now they finished a fourth Cloverfield. So I don't know if that it means it's going to be the third Cloverfield and the planned Cloverfield 3 will just never exist or what the hell's going on. But, but I mean, like, the movie was finished. Like, they had the God Particle done. Yeah, it's Why been would they done not for way, well over a year. Um, yeah, just, just get that out there. I know, right? Maybe they maybe they don't have confidence in it, or maybe just... Because, I mean, life was not a yeah. strong it was not box a office hit. It was definitely not a hit. So, I mean, they could have released... Cloverfield would have done better, but maybe it's that bad. You'd think, but yeah, if they're trying to if they're trying to pawn it off on Netflix, then it could be bad. Now, granted, like Paramount is not the most financially stable studio, so mm. there could be some there could, could have been some concerns there. But even if that's the problem, like why make the fourth one? The whole thing is very confusing, and uh, and Paramount's doing the fourth one. Yep, yep, same studio. So they want to do the fourth one. That's what makes it so There's confusing. So many questions. I have. That's what makes it so yeah, confusing. It, it, if they're worried that they can't like get at people's uh, butts and seats for the third one, why will the fourth one get there? Maybe they had an extra World War II set on the Paramount lot. Like, let's just use this and do something. It's good. Who, it's fine. Who knows? But it is very confusing. So, um, I mean, I guess all Cloverfield projects are mysterious in their own way. So maybe the, the greatest uh, Cloverfield secret of all is there is a secret Cloverfield movie that we will never see. Um <laughs> anyway that's going on uh next up um a couple <clears throat> this is kind of weird to be talking about it's a news story but um they've started uh teasing the teasers that will be included with the super bowl the movie teasers um there's okay. a rumor is that uh the first ever footage of the han solo movie will be shown during the super bowl um which makes sense um, given that that's coming out real quick and uh, they have not shown next, any of it. Next Christmas, right? Yeah. Oh, the kiss is coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like l- less than 12 months away, they have not shown anything. So, you know. They had a poster. Yeah, there is a poster that had text. So that's good. 
Um, and uh, Ron Howard's been uh, Instagramming up a storm, which the kids love, a good Ron Howard Instagram. Uh, so that's good. Uh, but anyway, we might going to take a look at that. And then the other one is the new Mission Impossible movie. And this is a weird one because they actually released a poster for the Super Bowl teaser to promote it. Which, okay. like, yeah. you know, like I teaser teasers for Wait. teasers have been a thing already. And I'm that irritated me enough. But now we're doing posters for teasers. Like, give me that's a pretty break. stupid. Give me a break. I understand you want to build like, hype, but calm down. <sighs> Yeah, but it is does that how how well does that actually work in terms of like keeping an audience like engaged in in the thing? I mean, it's only certain properties where it works, and it makes sense. But I don't yeah, know about all that. All I care about is eyeballs. And hey, I'm talking I'm talking yeah. about it right now. So something worked, right? So yeah. they got that yeah. going for them. Um, it's audio, so they won't get any eyeballs. So ha ha ha, man. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's happening. Um, yeah, also okay. in Mission Impossible News, I really recommend anyone that would love to see Tom Cruise get hurt and, and Simon Pegg wince in response to it. Uh, they were on the Graham Norton show last week, British talk show, and they mm-hmm. showed uh, from multiple angles the footage of when he snapped his ankle to, on a, in a stunt gone wrong. Oh. And uh, oh, it bends man. in a direction that no human ankle should bend. And uh, if you <laughs> like that sort of thing, I highly recommend jumping on YouTube and checking out that clip. Um, in particular, what's amazing is not they they have because they have all these different angles of it. They show the the ankle snapping from a few different angles and get everyone to scream. But then they show uh, like one angle in front of him, and they show he snaps his ankle is clearly an excruciating pain. And then uh, it's like a stunt where he's leaping from building to building. He sort of smashes into the building and pulls himself by his arms and starts running on his like snapped, bent, ninety degrees, broken ankle. So. Oh. Oh. I give Tom Cruise A for effort, if nothing else. All right. Next yeah. up, um, uh, this is just today. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed that they are, in fact, doing the Mario movie through Illumination, the uh, Minion Studio. That's real. Yeah. That's definitely happening. Yep. You can't avoid that. They're doing it now. <laughs> okay, it, you know what? It, after the previous Mario movie, we only have... To, uh, like the only way we can it's true. Up. it can only so. get better but I said repeatedly <laughs> yeah. i don't think we need a mario movie i don't think there's a way to make this interesting um without it being like a complete mockery of the whole concept of mario which at this point fine i'm cool with that but i yeah. just yeah i don't want this to happen but it's happening it's gonna happen <laughs> of course it's happen. gonna happen but it doesn't it doesn't sound interesting the elimination studio is have they done any movies that are good? Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind that one that uh, that Pets one. Uh, there's the Pets. Oh yeah, uh, with an imagination. Secret like Pets, and even some of the Minion stuff. Like they they are pretty good at silent comedy, but their stuff is very very forgettable. And uh, even yeah. that Secret Life of Pets movie, uh, the main pet in that is voiced by Louis C.K. So I can't imagine they want to be selling that uh, too dramatically anymore. <laughs> Matter of fact, they mm-hmm. shut down. I forget which one, but one of the major rides at Universal Studios. I think oh, it was the, uh, the, really? yeah, the Terminator 3D. They shut mm. down to replace with a Secret Lives of Pets attraction, which oh, I'm sure no. at the time they were like, oh, this is great. But now that's going to be that's going to be a tough sell. They better get uh, Kevin Hart on the phone and build it all around his character. Look at you split. Uh, another it's all sort of weird teasery kind of news today but this one i really enjoyed which is uh there are uh they're currently shooting purge four 
It's uh, called The First mm-hmm. Purge. Um, title kind of gives away the concept of that. And what was really fun was the way they announced that was they uh, released the text of The First Purge on a red baseball cap, like the uh, Make America Great Again baseball oh. caps. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. obviously that's just kind of a joke and trying to get into tension, but I am really... Because there was a, they did a series of things like yeah, that, totally. right? Because I remember seeing, I saw the hat, and there was like a couple other things that they were doing very. Yeah, like, totally. That was the one that stuck with me the most, and I just really, really hope that they do actually plan on having the first purge started by a lightly fictionalized Donald Trump. I think that'd be great. I'd be yeah. fully on board with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, the last movie they made was called Purge Election Year, and had a Hillary Clinton type figure at the center of it. So, yeah, <laughs> they certainly haven't shied away from that in the past, and I think that's a great way to go. So. Uh, if anyone's mm-hmm. listening that's making the current Purge movie and you haven't already <laughs> planned to make it about Donald Trump and you haven't shot too much in the movie that you can't, please do. Uh, Signed, Phil Brown. Yep. All right. And uh, <laughs> finally, big, big casting news here. And that is that uh, Jim Caviezel has officially signed on to play Jesus in Passion of the Christ Part 2, which Mel Gibson's currently working on. What? And he, he said what? in a statement... <clears throat> The movie will be bigger than the original. The script is that good, but I don't want to spoil the surprise. Now, what intrigues me about that is the suggestion that... Hold on a second. How is there a... There's a sequel to Passion well, of the yeah, Christ. Yeah, I mean, like... I think that was a pretty definitive yeah, a pretty ending. definitive ending. Now, granted, in the Bible, Jesus does come <laughs> yeah. back. It's not quite as exciting yes. as a story. It's certainly not as violent of a story. Also, it's not a passion yeah, play totally. at that point. Uh, passion play is... He's hidden. only back for, like, a couple of days. For sure. He does some good things, though. Um, and, uh, yes. so, but, but weird, a bunch of what weirds me out the most is the way that, uh, Jim, Jim Caviezel is saying he doesn't want to spoil the surprise. So like, what's the surprise? Like, is this diverting from the Bible? Because I don't know if the, no, the no, no. target audience, Mecca yeah, Jesus. The target audience for Passion of the Christ is going to be thrilled about, uh, yeah. a, a return. I mean, I guess with it being Mel Gibson, I mean, I'd actually watch this now I think of it. They, they could change the date that Jesus came back and have him come back in Mad Max times and have Jesus I mean, like buddy up with Mad they, Max and save the uh, Mad, Mad Max universe. That I would go see. And that would be a surprise. Like, are they, are they, are they actually like, are they, are they doing like the, the, the Easter story, like the passion play, or are they talking like the, the passion of the Christ and maybe bring it to revelations? Because at least they could have some leeway there. Cause there's no clear, you know ideas of what no, could I mean, happen like I, the christ too i mean hard. yeah i guess <laughs> like i mean that's the only thing i, mean, I can that's think true. of if it were if I've it were you. jesus coming back at the end of the world i could go with that um yeah that would <laughs> that would certainly combine fit, with the nick cage movie and yourself would certainly fit the epic blockbuster tone that they're hoping to get out of passion the christ too um yeah, yeah i i you know i think it's a horrible idea but i mean like as with the first one, Mel Gibson's self-financing this, so there's nothing we can do to yeah. stop it. This is happening. Well, it's, it, we have the choice of not it's seeing true, it. It's true, but it's still going to exist. And but we can't not lot. see the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's right. it for news. Yeah. Yay! Right. Cool. Yay! It was, I, I have to process that I last know, bit. I know, it's a lot, right? <laughs> I need a moment. I need a moment. I'm going to need a moment. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to hear your review from what you saw this week. That's correct. Yay. All right. And we're back. And thank you to our sponsors. Um, and Phil, what movie did you see? This week I saw Before We Vanish, 
Um, it's a uh, it's a okay. Japanese genre movie. Yeah, unfortunately, this week uh, the new releases were a bit scarce. And uh, like the movie that I stopped watching to record this podcast was a movie where uh, Kevin Sorbo plays an aggressive Bill Maher esque atheist, and uh, but then he had a near death experience. Oh wait, yeah, is this, what? No, no, no! Isn't that isn't that uh, God only knows oh, or God's not dead? God's this not is dead? a new one. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, no, he, he started with him playing like a touring Bill Maher type professional atheist who debates theologians and just proves how friggin' sweet he is for not believing in God. And uh, you can't convince me this isn't God not like this is a different one, one than was, God's not dead. He was a dead. professor who challenged his. He was an atheist professor who challenged his students to prove that God isn't dead, and and they did. He really likes playing and converted atheists. Oh, he's got a paycheck. So, uh, so anyway, uh, like I've. Only, <laughs> I've only seen anyway. half of it. He started as this like superstar atheist and uh, then, you know, I was fully on board and uh, he had a near death experience where he saw his son who died of cancer and the son said, let there be mm. light. And that's around where I stopped. So like, I'm assuming he's going to be an atheist all the way through. Cause that makes the most sense, but okay. I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that. I'm going to finish that up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We, we can talk about that one next week. I'm kind exactly. of excited. I'll let you know for sure. This. I'll let you know for sure. He was, yeah, his, uh, spe- his big atheist speech was talking about, how like you're all stuff you believe in God and you should dedicate a lot dedicate your life to sex drugs and rock and roll because that all that means is life is a party <laughs> and and then he said and then he actually said party on Wayne party on Garth as part of the speech and I gotta admit I was, oh, was amazing he was appealing to my heart so anyway I'm really excited to see him stay staunchly he's like a walking I can't meme. wait to see him stay staunchly true to that atheism after this near death experience I'm sure it's gonna happen. So I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you know. Yeah, no I'll, let you, I'll let you guys know. Know next week. I mean, there's nothing that could change him. He's such an atheist. He was so strong. Well, he was obviously. so strong and firm in that belief. But again, I'm finished. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'll let you guys know what happens. So anyway, <laughs> it might change. But it's possible. There's no God, way. God, I hope so. But who knows? Anyway. <laughs> Well, he needs to find Jesus. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk oh, yeah, about what you did. Before see. we vanish, I like this actually quite a bit. Um, it's by. Uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, um, who made uh, the original Pulse, um, <clears throat> the uh, cell phones will slowly suck our souls away, uh, prophetic horror movie, a Japanese horror movie from the early 2000s. He also made Pure, which is mm-hmm. really amazing, if you guys like that. He specializes in very sort of slow, methodical uh, horror films with a very, very twisted sense of humor, a surrealist humor that tends to spark through. And um, he, yeah, the early 2000s, he was around a lot. He kind of disappeared for a big chunk of time. And I was starting to wonder who's going to make another movie or not. And thankfully he has, it's this one's called before he vanish. It's sort of his take on the invasion of the body snatcher subgenre of aliens coming to earth and slowly taking over by appearing as our own. Uh, in this case, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, three aliens who come to earth and possess, possess humans to uh, sort of study and monitor the species for weaknesses for their planned uh, future invasion. Uh, we meet, we meet okay. the first two right out of the gate. Uh, one of them is a Japanese schoolgirl who likes to blow stuff up and shoot people in the face with machine guns, which is totally after my own heart. Uh, the other one is her teen boy buddy who's a bit more uh, psychologically uh, torturous to the people that he finds and 
has uh, the ability to sort of uh, uh, cause people to lose their sense of identity and personality, which is intriguing. Um, a, uh, a journalist finds out about them. They kind of, they're fascinated by him. They kind of tease him and play him along. And he's such a sort of, he's the, he's the sort of character who in any other version of this story would be the hero who finds the gumption within himself to save humanity. But because uh, uh, the, Kurosawa never plays anything straight in this version, he's uh, deeply conflicted about that. He wants to sell it for profit, but can't get anyone to believe his story. And then just starts to really panic when he realizes it might be on his shoulders to save the world. He has no interest in doing that. So that's kind of an interesting <laughs> twist on that sort of things. Uh, the yeah. third alien who's possessed a body uh, possess, uh, possesses the body of a um, a cheating and somewhat abusive husband. Uh, and uh, at first, he like it's kind of it's a, a little bit like he, a, a, alongside the main plot, sort of like uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's version of uh, Starman, in that he takes over the body mm-hmm. and starts like has to learn how to walk again and has all these weird thoughts and the wife doesn't know what to do and she's scared. And then gradually as the alien takes over, she realizes that this alien's actually way better than her shitty husband. Uh, sorry, I swear. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and sort of gradually realizes that maybe this, that this could be okay. And then he sort of like, it's very bizarre. Um, <clears throat> so that's the general idea. Um, it's, it's a very okay. cheap movie. At times, uh, some of the effects um, are a little bit corny, but it kind of works in that he, he sort of, his movies uh, generally have a very sort of rough hewn and very locked mm-hmm. off, very shadowy, very stately aesthetic. This one is much brighter and goofier. It's designed to feel like a vintage uh, sort of 80s genre movie complete with like a big uh, psychedelic laser light show straight out of the third act of Ghostbusters uh, somewhere near the end. Um, And it's very playful by his terms, but at the same time, it's also very thoughtful and there's a lot going on um, in the movie about, uh, you know, the nature of identity and this sort of existential horror of if you lose track of who you are and what you are and what that means. There's also a lot going on in an examination of love and whether or not that's an acutely human trait and whether or not life uh, should be exist without it as the sort of alien who ends up in that relationship finds himself in his own existential crisis in a way. It's very, very mm-hmm. interesting. It's very layered. It's very goofy. It's very surreal. It's genuinely spooky and shocking at times. And uh, it's a really, really, really wonderful little movie. And uh, I hope people uh, will go out of their way to seek it out because uh, I was really impressed by it. I've been a fan of this guy for a while, but and uh, I missed him. And it's really nice to not only have him back, but see that he's right back on top of what he does best. So, um, yeah, highly recommend. It sounds, yeah, it sounds really, I, I like the aesthetic you're yeah. describing. Like, it very, uh, I mean, it, it seems to be kind of on trend right now for a lot of movies to bring in that whole, like, very poppy sort of style and, and mix it with different yeah, genres. I, mean, I don't know if I'm wrong about that. It's but... not, um, uh, I, yeah, I should have specified this when I was describing it. It's not set in the 80s. It's very much set in contemporary time. No, no. It just no. sort of has the sort of color scheme, the yeah. effects of that era, which is, which is, which is, mm. which is cool, as you say. Um, but mm. uh, it, it was nice to have it more subtle. I found, like, in the, sort of like post stranger things world everything is so aggressively mm-hmm. like fetishistically made into the 80s that that really kind of gets on my nerves because i feel like you know like stranger things and and, and it are are one thing because those were quite good but the like 80s nostalgia has been going on for like a decade now so like i'm just and it's it, it- 
Yeah, it's starting to get yeah. tired. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. We need to move on and do 90s nostalgia so that we can eventually get on to 2000s nostalgia. 2000. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, but really, do you want to revisit that? Yeah. Just think back to the 2000s nostalgia. They were fun. Yeah. They were a good time. Were they yeah. a good time? No. <laughs> uh, add 20 years onto anything and it starts to seem fun again. Um, That's I mean, true. People were nostalgic true. about the 30s at one point. The Great Depression. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's yeah, fair all, point. Very back fair point. Again. If you don't have to actually live in that time, you just get to visit a greatest hits reel with Michael Jackson songs. It seems way better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, uh, really cool, really smart, very weird. And, uh, yeah, if you like that kind of thing, you're gonna have a good time. Oh, it's it sounds really cool. Actually, it sounds like the first horror movie you've described that I actually want to go uh, out and watch. I mean, that's probably because it's not, it's more of a science fiction movie than a horror movie. So, Kind of got yeah. you there, but there's some spooky yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, cool. Totally. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks very much, Phil. And we're going to take another quick break because I know you got to get do, going. Indeed. And yeah, but uh, thanks of for course. joining us. Do you want to you plug your Twitter before yeah, sure. uh, you go? At that Phil Brown. At that Phil Brown for awesome thoughts and phrases. I don't really follow it's Twitter, right. dude. Okay. I'm so sorry. I, 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 and I see, I see your like other social media posts and Yay. they're great. Well, I normally come straight <laughs> yeah. to my Twitter, so you're secretly watching my Twitter. Okay, feed. well, then I'm secretly watching mm-hmm. your Twitter feed, and you are a lot. And Thank it's you, awesome. appreciate it. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. And thanks again, sponsors. Thank you, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento. All right, cool. Reviews. So game reviews. Jordan, what have you been playing this week? Well, I started playing Crossing Souls, which... okay. Now, this is a Devolver Digital yes, game, Yes, and to right? my dismay, okay. it was not a crossover between Animal Crossing and Dark Souls. And God, you have I been so... That. that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be the best game. <laughs> Dude, you've been sitting on that joke since it was assigned I know, to you. <laughs> but I, want, I really wanted to get it and see what the audience thinks. Maybe they'll get some laughs out of it. But seriously, that'd be great. It's a, Animal Crossing characters a, in like Dark Souls and, gameplay? That would be Souls fantastic. Game. I love you get like these weird eldritch animal crossing like this weird eldritch tom nook that you have to fight in like a hole (laughs) 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 Um, but no it's um anyway (laughs) so far well i haven't played too too much of it and uh but so far uh i have been really enjoying it um it's got like kind of uh like a like a semi open worldy um it uh, jed uh whitaker one of our writers who he mentioned uh, that it looked kind of like zombies ate my neighbors and I kind of okay. get it. Yeah. It has a bit of the aesthetic. Cause it's kind of it, got like this t- sort said- of top down, like, you know, running around through like a like, sort of like suburbia. Um, but yeah. actually the playing a bit of it. And I, cause like the, when you start the game, you sort of get this, uh, it has sort of like, it's very, very eighties, um, which okay. I want to say is kind of a, a, a positive and a negative um, because it sort of feels like um, less. Okay. It's, 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 it's less like stranger things that kind of use the eighties aesthetic as like a framing device and more as like 
here are a bunch of 80s references thus far. Um, you know, because it's got kind of like a paranormal element to it too so far. Like, you know, it opens up with like this weird electric storm and all this weird stuff is happening now. Um, and then you go into a house that's like right like the next door neighbors and it's like right away – it's this there's like a little girl with her hand to the tv and i'm just like oh okay poltergeist to get it like you know um so mm-hmm. so at least i feel like it leans very heavy on reference thus far um but that you know that depending on who you are like that's just a small thing right you can either like that or not yeah. but um but in terms of like uh like gameplay wise it feels a lot to me like uh hyperlight drifter and um you know in in going with the whole like 80s reference thing it actually it kind of feels like uh it's almost like kind of a stand by me vibe where like mm-hmm. you know you you you're, you're sort of assembling this ragtag group of like misfits um and the last one you get is like this is this girl and she actually has like a dash move that almost uses the same sound effect as like the dash from hyperlight drifter so yeah, oh, yeah, almost. It, it's very, very similar, and just the sort of the way that the that the the um, the world is laid out in this sort of like top down, but it has like sort of like layers, like a semi three D kind of thing. Um, but everything always feels kind of like flat, uh, mm-hmm. and just like even just the way that like like enemies sort of like come out of nowhere. Uh, it it is feeling very much like that to me, which so far is fine. Like Hyperlight Drifter is like one of my one of my like favorite games that has come out in the past like year or two um and i mean like yeah like you said it's devolver digital and i i kind of had this thought and i don't know i'm sure there's going to be some uh some contention to this but devolver to me is sort of becoming like like the nintendo of indie games indie yeah like Mm -hmm. like, when you see that name you know and i know it's like obviously it's like they're you know it's not like they're not first party they don't make their own games they just they they're a publisher but when you see the devolver digital brand on a game like you know it's going to be good like they have not put their name behind a bad game yet um well they put the game behind less than stellar games but never no never outright just like a complete stinker um because uh didn't uh didn't devolver ha- uh put their name on uh on absolver as well they did yeah, yeah that's, a, that's like, another devolver. you know like just like just going through the list i mean like you know hotline miami um strafe even like enter the gungeon which again is another one of my like favorite games of the the, the past couple of years like mm-hmm. it's uh it's 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 been hard to find a bad one down well that's fair oh my god yeah bring bro force <laughs> oh yeah like yo this is, they, they got a lot oh man bro oh what was oh i just played it um not a hero yes not a hero not a hero oh my god i love that so game so much fun oh it's so great um so yeah like yeah so, so thus far i i so what's your initial your initial my, my, take my hot take uh, you're still in preview mode yeah, no no i'm i'm thus far i'm really enjoying it. it's got a, it's got a neat little story like i am like, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong like as much as uh as i wish it wouldn't lean so hard on 80s reference i love the 80s it's like i wish i was born in that time so like yeah. at least i was in my formative years in that time um so like I'm not complaining about it. It's still great. Like, and it has like, like the way it uses like, like music, like, um, you know, it's got a, mm. a very good, like synthy kind of track, but then also like you get into like, um, like the sort of the wilderness area 
and it's got this kind of like very like like uh like fast paced very like high energy uh like you know a lot of like string kind of um uh like like embarking on an adventure music that is feels very indicative like of like early or like 80s movies like like the goonies and stuff like that so like it does feel very um very in universe with like the whole like the mm-hmm. theme of everything so you know um yeah i'm having a good time with it so far <laughs> Awesome! I I can't wait to re- read just, the review when it's done. It looks like a really fun game. I'm so game. happy today too. I just got uh, Dragon Quest Builders on Switch. Yeah, so we're gonna hear about that yes. next week, right? I love yes. the demo. Really like excited. the demo, I had a blast. I never yeah. played it when it for when it came out on PlayStation, and I I always kind of wanted to because I was never I was never super. I never got into uh, Dragon Quest for for some one reason or another, and uh, mm-hmm. the demo was great. Like I'm really into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll hear about yeah. that next week. All right, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Shadow of Colossus, as I yes. mentioned. I only have a bit of a preview for this, but um, so the original, it, it's for those people who have not played the original PS2 game, it was uh, basically a story. You're in this post, just kind of decrepit, um, empty, almost dest- desolate kind of world with crumbling ruins. Um, it was like a world ruins by time, almost. Yeah. And so um you're not given much to go on at the beginning of the story. Uh other than completely dialogue Oh yeah. It's, it is a completely dialogue free uh, story. Was it? Because I remember every time you beat a Colossus, it, oh, it, it, yeah, it gave you a little bit of there is, uh there there is a world, there is a, a voice yeah, that kind of comes yeah. on and does give you like ideas about the Colossi that you come across and things Colossi. like that. Um Colossi. 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 <laughs> Bring it. Uh, oh, class of me. Oh, that was a really bad joke. Okay. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> that was a. Um, okay. So moving right along. Uh, anyway. So um, it, it. So since this is a complete remake, um, there's always the, the fear that it's going to be a little bit too clean and a little bit too crisp, but it, it managed to keep um, the same kind of aesthetic that you saw from the original PS2 mm-hmm. game in terms of the visuals. It just brought to the next amped up to the next level for current gen um systems systems in fact it kind of gives me a very like a cleaner version of dark souls 3 yeah i can see the way the look the 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 way they stack they kept they they kept it looking really dusty and gray and dark and desolate because like my my worry was that they made it too too clean looking and part of what i think makes it work so well on like at least on the ps2 version was that it did have this kind of like grungy grainy look to it that that leads into the world really well yeah, it, they they've kept that with just better graphics. The music is still just as stunning as it was in the original game. Uh, obviously, cleaned up and yeah, yeah. you know rebuilt from the ground, like not not changed soundtrack wise. But um, okay. So the other question I know everyone is on everyone's mind: How are the controls? Yes. Did they change? They didn't change them too much. So the gameplay remains right. pretty much the same. It it really it's, does seem like it's the same. It's game, the just same better. game, just prettier, better, a little bit more fluid. I mean, the controls themselves are still. And okay, you know what? Granted, uh, Joel, like, the the controls in the PS2 version were pretty tight. I mean, like it's really like why yeah. why fix what isn't broken? So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quote something from uh, our reviewer who uh, reviewed it on CG Mag Online. If you want to come check it out, Joel Couture uh, made a point about. That the even though the controls weren't really changed, it's kind of a good thing because it adds to that whole immersion. Um, familiarity. And, and, 
yeah well that the familiarity yes but also the, the fact that the character is like they're just on a series of discovery on their own so you're feeling you're frustrated and struggling with your character in the controls um so um okay. it's it's it may be yeah so if you're if you're kind of all about the immersion of the original game you're gonna love this because it just takes that and just makes it a a, a better package for the whole thing see because that was and just as so, so i i'm so far loving every moment of it that was my only concern because that was something that i that i had a complaint with when i played uh the crash bandicoot remake was that they like they rebuilt yeah. this game from the ground up but it still feels like like a playstation one game for all the the mm-hmm. worst reasons and it's so it, it yeah. sort of just felt to me like it's like well you you didn't just like hd coat this game you remade it so why didn't you fix like the problems that it had like why didn't you make it a game for this generation exactly but it, 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 in in yeah. that regard like if if you know if it worked on the on on shadow of the colossus and like it it you know like i said don't fix what isn't broken like then that's perfectly fine i'm yeah. okay with that yeah, no, they absolutely did not. Like, it's it's just being able to see more clearly all the things that the artists originally were trying to end, yeah. and, you know, uh, our directors were trying to show. Um, it's just, and it's that's, that's still a beautiful game. It plays really tight. It's just, it's lovely. Like even with the even with the controls as frustrating as they can be, it that and that not being changed. It's just, it's still. It's a great, it's a great experience. And if you've never played it before, this oh, you need to pick this copy. Up. It's worth it. Not, yeah, hundred percent recommend. And I remember, I remember one time I was, uh, I went to an EB Games in uh, back in my hometown, and they had Shadow of the Colossus like on like one of the demo um, like consoles, and yeah, some yeah. guy was sitting there yeah. just like, "This is stupid. This is the worst game ever. You just, you just wander around doing nothing." I'm like, "You just don't get it." And that's the one time yeah. you can say that and not sound like a complete snob. Like, <laughs> you really yeah, just I didn't <laughs> get it. Like. <laughs> That that yeah, mm, you hipster, you game I'm hipster sorry, yourself he just, right he there. Really just didn't get it. He's just like you just you just wave your sword in the air and then wander around. I'm like, no, you just mm-hmm. don't know what you're doing and you're missing why this game is so great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, he probably oh, only man. ever I, played I, Call of Duty though. Let's be fair. Oh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Shadow of Colossus, get it, awesome. I can't wait to play more of it. And everyone should That's play great. it. In fact, it should be mandatory playing. That's what it really should be. This this remake is the mandatory playing for anyone who wants to pick up video games. Oh, yeah. Do that now. Video, ga- video games right. as art, anyway. Video games have, you know what? That's going to be one of our episodes. We need to talk about what are the essential. If you're if you're just getting into gaming, what do you pick up? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that. I well, think we'll, yeah, but that, well, that that's one. But I think like you know that's different, right? Because it's like, well, actually, no, that could be part of it. If you if you want to see I the think, medium no, as like an entertainment form we'll as save, well as an artistic medium. Yeah, let's save this for the future podcast, yes. and we'll let our readers who are excited about this that stuck with us this long <laughs> to know that it will happen. Okay, anyway, let's wrap it up, guys. Mm-hmm. We've been talking for a bit. It's Brendan been didn't play anything. No, no, Brendan. No, been I've been busy. Uh-huh. Magazine. <laughs> yeah, Brendan's in production mode, so Brendan hasn't been playing for. He'll he'll have something for us next it's week, okay. though. I'm I know there's something. There's a few things you want to try out. I do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few things I want to try out. This and I know you're definitely once. Uh, there, there's some uh, Total War stuff coming up. Oh yeah. That you're I'm really into. Oh, and Civ Six stuff coming. Oh, up. I know. I'm that. I'm excited about. Yeah. So yeah. Rise and Fall. Rise and Fall's coming. In all out. honesty, I haven't really uh, been playing anything much either. Like I've been I've been working through my game backlog. Been working on been working on Kingdom Hearts. Oh man, you forget how great this game is. Uh, I know. I I, I love uh, this game. I have so many. 
I got I, I, you know, I have so much to play and I'm just going to keep playing Stardew Valley. That's so fair. that's pretty much it. Anyway. All right, everybody. Thank you listeners for listening. And if you like what you hear, you want to see more about what we are here, see more, read more about what we talked about, not just see it, read it, be it, live it, dream it, love it, <laughs> live it. Visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Buns Podcast Network, Apple, iTunes, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online, and on Twitter at CG Mag Online. Brendan Fry, what is your Twitter? Fry 26 How about you, Jordan? I am at Ninja, jo- Ninja Jordan underscore. Ninja Jordan underscore. I got a little confused there am... for a second with my own Twitter handle. Yeah, and it's, it's been a long ca- cast. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it is. Tongue-tied. Uh, I'm at Lisa Awesome with no E's. You can catch past episodes of Pixels and Ink on YouTube. So like and subscribe to our channel. And you can also see some really great footage, including uh, some Shadow of Colossus footage, which will be coming uh, up Shadow pretty soon. Shadow of Colossus. Monster. Get it right. Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> it's been a long podcast. Uh, Monster Hunter World. Uh, a few other things. So come check it out. Thanks again to Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for sponsoring our podcast. And from everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs>